I constantly dreamed of becoming a man, and one day I set out on that journey to make it become real. I sought out surgeries and anything to fulfill that desire, only to find it leaving me empty. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about the truth of how some transgenders feel when transitioning to becoming a person of the opposite sex, and a lot of the difficulties that arise in this process. By the way, listener discretion is advised as the contents of this show include sexual experiences and mature topics, and is intended for a mature audience only. Now, a transgender person is someone who feels an intense desire to become a person of the opposite sex, or that they were born in the wrong body. In our last show, we had Laura Perry Smaltz describe when she was younger, she was surrounded by some negative thoughts of being a woman. For instance, she always felt rejected by her mother and would always hear how her mother wished she were like her better brother. She shared with us how she had many heterosexual relationships and viewed herself as heterosexual, but due to having a lot of difficulty with men cheating on her and always leaving her, she began to wish she was the man in order to have that power to leave the relationship like she had been left. She's going to share with us her journey of transitioning and the real issues she dealt with that no one told her about this process. Laura, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Son, for having me back on. Laura, I'm so glad to have you back, and I'm super excited to ask you some tough questions about your years of transgenderism. Now, let me ask you, do you feel that pornography affected you at all during the transition phase? I feel like it had a huge effect on me throughout my sexual experiences, especially in college. Hmm. It started as this desire, wishing that I had been the man, being jealous of men, but then I sort of began to fantasize about myself as being the man, and the pornography just really deepened that. Wow. And so I began to imagine myself as the man, and so I know that played a huge part in it. So like you would watch the pornography, but then you'd identify with the man, not just thinking he's good looking, whatever it is, but it became, what if I were him, right? Right. Wow. Right. And then I eventually found virtual sex games where I could sort of be that character virtually. Oh my gosh. So it was like virtual pornography that you can participate in. And so that deepened it even more. And you played the man. Right. I get it. So what was the first step when you began to say, I'm going to go ahead and transition? Well, I hadn't even heard the word transgender at the time, but I had these intense desires and I started to research it on Google Mm -hmm. and I was just shocked when all these results came up and I found a support group in Tulsa where I was living at the time and I showed up to the support group and within like five minutes, they're like, oh, you are definitely transgender. Wow. So you just stumbled upon this. Right, right. And so I was worried I would never look like a man. They said, oh, don't worry about it. After a year or so of taking hormones, no one will ever know you were a girl. I was sold, you know, just hook, line and sinker. And so They told me how to transition, sort of laid out this path for me of you go to a therapist, you get this diagnosis, you take this to a doctor. And so I sort of had that plan from the beginning. And it started with a therapist that I had to go to for three sessions in order to get that diagnosis. So you're going to this therapist and he ends up diagnosing you and giving you hormones like testosterone. Is that correct? 
Well, the therapist didn't directly, but she actually stumbled upon some of my childhood issues. Mm. And I remember she stopped one time. She was like, wow, you really have issues with your mom. And she was kind of heartbroken for me. Mm. And I was shocked. I was like, wait, how did we get from talking about being a man to talking about my mother? And I blew up at her. I said, I'm not here to talk about my mom because I wasn't interested in counseling. Yeah, I thought the body was the problem, not the mind. She said, okay. And she just gave me this diagnosis I wanted. I took that to a doctor and then the doctor gave me the hormones. And I'd been seeing him for years. I'd never mentioned this. Wow. Out of the blue, I said, I've been diagnosed with this. And he started me on testosterone that day. Oh my gosh. Now, how did that make you feel taking that hormone as a woman? Oh, it was a huge rush because it really was like, I'm going to take this medicine that is going to make all my problems go away. That's what you believed. Right. Absolutely. And this is going to make me into the person that I've always felt like I was, the person I've always wanted to be. And I look back, I was really just so jealous of my brother. I wanted to be my brother. Wow. And not just the way my mom treated him. He was so popular. He was very athletic. He was good looking. He was outgoing. People liked him. Yeah. I was so jealous of him. And I fantasized about being him or being another brother like him. Yeah. Now, I understand during this process, you are trying to kill the female in you. And in a sense, become a man that is kind of like born out from the old identity. Tell us about that. Yeah, I wanted to erase the existence of Laura. So I got rid of all my old pictures and every single thing had to be the way a man would wear it or do it or whatever I was doing. So I had to walk like a man. I had to talk like a man. And so it's such a weird paradox because you think that you're sort of becoming this person. And yet when I was really honest with myself, I realized that I'm imitating a man, that everything I was doing, I was acting like a man. Yeah. And everything I was doing was artificial from injecting myself with hormones to chest binding and to all these other things, it's just completely artificial. In a sense, you're trying to kill Laura and be this other name. Jake. Jake. Okay, so you were trying to convince the world you were Jake and that there is no Laura. Was never Laura ever. Just, it's gone. Right. Wow. In fact, after my chest surgery, it made me legally male and I had already changed my name legally and I was able to get my birth certificate changed where it said that I had been born male as a male named Jake. Oh my gosh. So you really went to some serious extreme measures to make this happen, to force it. Now with all those changes, did it make you truly feel like a man finally? At first, it seems to, because I was just on cloud nine. I mean, this is like everything I've ever wanted. So I realized it was still fake at that time, but every little change made it seem a little more real. Mm -hmm. There was this projected end goal out there. So I thought that is the point where I'm actually going to become a man. So throughout the process, there were times where I thought I'm actually becoming a man. But then after I had surgeries, I had my double mastectomy and I eventually had a hysterectomy and had the ovaries removed. Oh my gosh. And so at that point, when I realized that there was surgeries weren't even making me a man. And then I began to realize how fake the genital reassignment surgeries were. And I began to realize in horror, it was never going to be real. Reality started hitting me. This is all fake. This is never going to be real. And no matter what people think I am, it doesn't matter because I knew the truth inside. Laura, let's slow that down a little bit. You had a hysterectomy. So what convinced you to do this? Like, Because obviously you're going to go into some type of menopause situation. So it's not just happy clappy, like, oh, boom, all of the up and downs of a woman go away. Something really seriously happened in that moment. Tell us about that. The doctor, as far as I can remember, didn't tell me anything about menopause. I knew that I would go into menopause, but like I knew nothing about menopause. I wasn't warned about what I would go through at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I was about 29 or 30 
and I was in an office where no one even knew that I was trans. I was living as a man. Everybody believed I was a man. And all of a sudden I started having hot flashes and menopause symptoms. And my boss looked at me one day and she was like, Jake, why are your ears so red? And, you know, Cause I was just burning up. Wow. Things like that, that I just was not prepared for. Jeez. So it was very tough. It wasn't like, yay. It was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. What did I just do? Right. Oh my gosh. So that's what people need to know that in this transition phase, even though you thought you were getting to the goal, it felt quite unnatural. Did it not? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole issue. I was aware the whole time that I'm living a lie. And yet with every little change, as people are beginning to believe it more, Mm. it seems to be coming more and more real. But then when everybody around me believed it and I still couldn't get away from the truth that I knew, I was like, wait a minute, this is never going away. I can't forget all my memories. I can't forget that I'm a sister and an aunt and a daughter and things like that. I can't reinvent my life. Wow. No matter what I did, no matter what I said, no matter what people thought of me, because I'd cut everybody out of my life. I had very little contact with my parents or family. Hmm. So really the only person regularly in my life that knew the truth was my partner, who was a male to female transgender. So you're in a relationship, but you're in a relationship with a male but they were trans going towards being a woman and you were the opposite. Right. And that's interesting. So tell me about your first transsexual experience and the ones following after that. Did those experiences ever leave you feeling fulfilled? No, in fact, it was horrible because me trying to be the man and that person trying to be the woman was just a horrible sexual experience and realizing how unfulfilling it is and how empty it felt. Wow. I remember it feeling just so unnatural. And going, like, it's got to get better than this. But I thought that after I had that surgery, then it would be real one day. But I didn't realize how fake those surgeries are. And everything about it would be artificial. And even if there was some feeling there, it had never dawned to me. I'd never father a child. Hmm. There's just things that aren't going to be real. Laura, let's stop here. I want to have you back on our show to share how, through all of this, you somehow met Jesus. And this really changed your life. Laura, thank you so much for sharing what you went through. We are learning so much from all of this. Thank you again so much for being so candid and just sharing it all. Thank you so much again for having me on. Don't go anywhere. Lots to talk about what you just heard right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to awakeningthenations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, this show really reveals a lot that though at the time, if you asked Laura, you know, why she was doing what she was doing, she probably would have told you that she was supposed to be born a man. But now you can see behind the scenes. 
For her, it was the mirage that she was trying to live, a dream she was trying to create, even force. What really fascinated me is that she said the words that she was trying to bring forth a new identity out of her old identity. You know, she had an intense, true desire that was coming through. Like, she would be willing to cut things out and transition to being a man no matter what the pain it could cost. This shows you that there is quite a intensity and depth to the desire of mankind. It is written in Romans chapter 1 verse 24, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. You see, this verse shows us that God was well aware of people's desires and that those desires can lead people astray and reject a living relationship with God. It's written that God gave them up to their desires, meaning that people's desires can carry them away from God. Beloved, what about you? Where do your desires carry you? Do you realize that your desires often carry you away from God? Lord, help us instead of chasing those things to begin to chase you, to know you, Lord, and to give our lives to you, to find fulfillment through you. We ask for this in Jesus' money name. I hope you're blessed with this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please send us a text at 877-325-8030. That's 877-325-8030. See you next time.